Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to season eight and my raspy voice that has it's not, not bad. It's not as bad as it was. It's not as high as it usually is. Yes, I have a very deep <clears throat> voice today. It's usually like, hey guys. How do, how is, please. <clears throat> I think you should do the intro of trying to mock me in the process. That would be pretty <laughs> hilarious. Go ahead. I can't remember what you say now. That's all you got. Huh? Hey guys, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't get that high. <clears throat> yeah, they did not sound like you were getting much higher. Okay. <laughs> like, hey guys, <laughs> okay. Get that high. Anyways, we're happy yeah. that you guys are with us, and we want to start off this episode as we do every single one with a review from one of you. This is from Just a Texas Girl. It says, changed our marriage. Uh, My husband and I started listening to Brad and Lisa's podcast at episode 80. It was recommended by a friend who recently walked the same journey in healing through infidelity. My husband is not one who normally listens to podcasts or takes advice from others, but every time I get in his truck and hear their podcasts, knowing he's listening when I'm not around brings me so much joy and thankfulness. It's been six weeks since I discovered his last affair. And although we have a huge journey in front of us both, I'm thankful to have a couple who has gone before us and can provide hope. It's the highlight of my long morning commute to listen, laugh, cry, and be challenged by Brad and Lisa each morning. I'm just so incredibly thankful that they both have heard God's call to share their story. It is touching so many lives and has greatly touched ours. Oh, that's cool. And when was that written, though? Because this said was six in May. This was in May. So yeah, uh, we would love uh, an update. Just a Texas girl. May. Of last year, yeah. obviously, because we haven't yeah. hit May of this year yet. Well, I'm just clarifying. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> We're starting off sassy. This sassy. You're the sassy one. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> and like, you know it. You I, even said yeah. it when I got home. You even said it when I got what home. What did I say? That you were just like extra. You didn't say sassy. No. <laughs> you yes. asked how I was feeling. And I said I was tired. Yeah, but then later you were like, oh, I'm just so sassy. Right now, <laughs> you did. This was you in did. your, this was in your yeah. head. No, it was. We were. I was getting ready to like get showered up and cleaned up, and you were just talking about like you just had a busy day and you were a little frustrated. And you're like, "Oh, this is why I get so like." I, used, I think you said frustrated, but it turns into sassiness. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Do you remember now? I still. Don't. Are you serious? No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Listen, guys, I rarely, rarely get sick, and my husband will tell you it's because I don't rest when I do get sick. I don't think that's true. Do you know, you literally traveled to two different states (laughs) while you were sick. (laughs) Okay, now we're going to get hate mail because I was traveling while sick. Oh, (laughs) No, it was just the fact that I didn't rest very much in in between things, and so it's been delayed and... And definitely frustrating. So um, you guys can pray that just total health. That would be amazing. But we did want to talk about um, we this last week we had really gone over, you know, what we say and we touched on cursing and we touched on just in general how we speak to one another. Mm-hmm. And I always find it very interesting when things come up in our coaching just kind of repeatedly. Yeah. And so when things like that happen that's a lot of times when we are like, okay, we need to do an episode on this because we want to make sure that, you know, anything that's coming up a ton for other people is probably something that's coming up for our listeners. And so we want to talk about it. 
So we're going to kind of almost do like a continuation of what we say from last week, but in a completely different direction (laughs) than this last time, because it really is kind of veered off, but more in a, I would say communication in general, but also affair recovery and all that good stuff. Yes. Why are you stroking your beard in a contemplative way? <laughs> I don't even realize I do that anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like a, a, I just, a thing. Um, no, I was trying to th- think is like, is this things we don't say? Mm, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. I, I think that that is exactly what this ends up being. So a lot of times when we're doing coaching, we hear from individuals and they tell us things like, okay, um, you know, how is it that I handle triggers or how is it that I'm going to um, navigate through the thoughts in our head? And that's a really, really big issue for yeah. a lot of people walking through any kind of healing. And we did a whole episode on triggers, and so make sure you go listen to that. But something that I think people get caught up in is this idea that in order to share at all, I have to share everything. Yeah. And yep. I think it actually is damaging to the healing process at a certain point. So I would say when we first initially started healing, there was a period of time where we really did have to get very real and raw and honest and we had to go through that process of like what what was in our heads and making sure that we were both willing to be transparent, right? Yeah. I, but yeah. there there comes this realization at some point where you recognize like you could tell often when I was having a bad day and you might even ask me like what's wrong or what's mm-hmm. going on, but many many times I would not respond with everything that was going on in my head. It was in, you know, I'm just struggling or I'm dealing with some negative thoughts or, you know, I'm, what, what am I doing with my mic, baby? You're moving away from it constantly. <laughs> like as I'm trying to talk and I'm losing my train of thought because my husband is motioning to me to do something with my mic. And I'm like, what, what is it that I'm doing, babe? What? You keep moving away so it gets quieter and you're moving back. <laughs> okay. I'll try to keep I, solid right here. <laughs> anyway, I know you lost your train of thought. But what I was going to say is I never knew that you weren't telling me everything. Yeah. And I think that that's important to bring up right now because – you're going to have, you know, there's, there's people that you'll say like, you know, okay, is everything okay? Yeah, it's fine. You don't even want to know what's going through my head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Well then, then it's like, it automatically creates a wall instead of inviting someone into the healing process. And I think that's what, I want to touch base on. So there's several, several sides of this. We often get people telling us their story and they've never been able to share their story to anyone Mm -hmm. because obviously walking through specifically something like infidelity or pain is really difficult to share. And in a lot of marriages, right, the things you're really struggling with are the things you, you don't share. And many times we, hinder our healing or being able to move forward because of it. And so when it comes to our, the story, we also tell this to people, you don't have to share everything in order to share. Yeah. Right. I think, well, 
You don't have to share your story at all. You don't have to, no. I, I mean, I just don't, you know, because there's people out there. I think it's where this comes from is there's people that we've coached and they feel this this obligation to share their story. And I would say, like, you don't have an obligation to share it now, you know, when it's fresh or fresh-ish or whatever. Fresh-ish. Like, you don't have an obligation to share it because you're still you're still recovering. You're still figuring all that out. Now, I mean, you know how I am. Like, I'm not... I don't need to, you know, portray that we have a perfect life or, you know, having bad things and just kind of sweeping under the rug because, you know, we have to look like the perfect family and no one can know our stuff or anything like that. I mean, of course, we have, you know, family internal things just with our little family here that we don't just, you know, randomly spew out whenever we, you know, are talking. But... You don't have, you have some traumatic event that happens in your life. A breach of trust is, it's more of that shameful side of it, right? You don't have to feel obligated to share a story at that moment as you're, as you're going through this process. I mean, I didn't, I didn't openly share my story for how long? Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a significant amount of years. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a year later. It wasn't, it was, it was quite a bit. That I, I mean, I shared like to our, you know, a meeting with a pastor, things like that. But I mean, like actually saying like, this is, you know, what I did or, you know, like giving my testimony. The reason I say you don't have an obligation at that moment or at that point, whatever that point in your, in your recovery is and your story is, is because I do fully believe that you do have an obligation to share your testimony once you're it's not necessarily that you're on the other side of it but once you get to a certain point like i really feel like you do have that obligation so let me ask you this then because i think that this is where i'm at like if you're at that place of i feel like i want to be able like let's say there's someone who comes across your path and they're just saying you know man i'm i'm ready to just walk out of my marriage like i'm i'm not happy I am not in love anymore, blah, blah, blah. And this is where I think people get caught up in not sharing anything because I think in that moment, even if you are not fully healed, Mm -hmm. right, you can still step into a space of saying something as simple as, man, I've been in a place like that and I know what God can do in the middle of places that feel very hopeless and I just want you to know God can do something there. And you don't actually even have to share what specifically happened no, in your marriage. I, yeah, no, you're right. That's 100% right. But, like, when that point comes, I, I can't tell someone. You know, like, so what if that person's still reeling from it? It's not like I I know what God can do. Maybe they do know what God can do, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And so it can even be as gonna... simple as something like to me, we're always pointing back to the hope of Jesus and just saying to someone in a moment like that, because mm. the, the way that I look at that is so often God's bring God brings opportunities across our path and we let our own humanity get in the way of 
pointing to Jesus, right? And in that moment, it can be as simple as that's such a struggle. I want you to know that when the things Mm -hmm. have been most difficult for me, that Jesus has sustained me through it. And he can do the same for you. Don't give up, you know? And, And I think we've lost this ability to share without sharing everything because I think we've become this nation, right? And social media has done this Mm -hmm. and, you know, we have a constant influx of information that we almost have lost the ability to share without just everything. It's like, we don't know how to just say like a simple, I think this is a a woman problem. Okay. All right, in all seriousness, I, mean, I do think that this is a big yeah. struggle for women. Well, because... But I think it's a struggle for men. Like, So this is the difference. I would say women tend to, to feel like I shouldn't share anything or I need to share everything, mm. right? And so like, when you're really struggling, you have this mind space of like, well, I don't want to share anything right now because I don't want to make it worse. I don't want to shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say you're the betrayer is the husband. I don't want to bring him into the shame spiral, yeah. and but I'm really hurting, right? And so in that space, you, then you just shut down and you, you isolate, and then you you don't say anything. Now, the reality is, is that leaks out in areas of your life. If, if you don't share, if you don't have the ability to mm-hmm. invite your spouse into that, then you end up leaking it out in other areas of your life. Or that you have the opposite where it's like, I'm struggling. You got to be in this pain all the way with me. I need you to know every single thought, every single image, every single word, every single text, every single anything that popped into my head right now. I need you to know exactly why and how and every word. And Mm -hmm. I I just want you to. And then we just. But that's between spouses. That's between spouses. Yeah. Yes. Now, I think with. Men in general, like a lot of times they just will shut down entirely and not have the conversations mm. or they just stop asking their wife, like if they are the betrayed, yeah. how they're doing. Yeah. Right. Cause they're just like, well, I don't want to know. And I've gone down that road. Well, and also, I mean, to be fair. So I thought we were talking about random people yeah, or friends. Clearly my brain is all over spaghetti. It is today. because I thought at first that's what we were talking about. Yeah. But then as you're explaining it, that's not what we're talking. We're talking about inside the marriage. Inside marriage, all the things, <clears throat> when to when to speak, when okay. not to speak. Yeah. yeah. I'm intertwining a lot of <laughs> okay. topics. Okay. Well, I just need to know what highway I'm on <laughs> so I can You're on the Lisa Highway, so, baby. So just, I can like figure out what exactly <laughs> which way to go. So give it with me, baby. Yeah, because in a marriage, you you have to you have to share what's going on. If you're if you're recovering from I mean, I say trauma, but it could be any in general breach of trust or communication issues or whatever <laughs> it is. Like you have to share those issues with your spouse. Like you, you have to communicate that however that comes around. Now for the people that we've, you know, had the opportunity to help and be around and walk through things like this. I do like I've told, I mean, you've been there. I've told wives like can't, I didn't say it like this, but I can't think of another way to say it. Oh, no. But it's like, this makes me can't just... you, do you blame him for not asking questions? Because anytime he asked a question, what happened? It's a spiral. Like you dumped all over him and now he's down in that pit with you and 
now he feels the whole thing all over again and then he feels worthless and he feels like he can't do anything right and it, you know it just goes on and on, and on and on and on and on right and so yeah i've been very blunt in that sense of like well i mean if you if you want your husband to communicate with you then communicate don't don't like you know almost like bait him in right like why don't you ask me a question and ask and then it's like, oh, really? Okay, this is what I'm thinking, and this is why. It's because of you. You're the problem, and this is what happened, and you did all these things, and this is why I'm like this. And, you know, it just, there's, what comes of that? Yeah, I mean, and there's so many facets, because, you know, when someone is triggered, like, your response, your your physiological response is is happening, and you're not really having time to process exactly why you've had that thought or that thing come into your head. And, and so it's so interesting. Cause isn't it, it, I, so I could totally be now that I'm saying this, I'm like, is this really? Cause I don't know. Isn't it in the Bible, you know, slow to speak. Yeah. 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 Like yeah, that's everyone, everyone should be slow to speak quick to listen. I mean, if you, slow if you just, angry. just went by that, if you just like slow to speak, like, you can get triggered. You can't help that, right? Or you can, but you can't, right? You know, it's kind of both sides. As you grow in healing, you can really start to take control of those. Yeah. But at the beginning, like, you, you can't help that. And you don't know what will set you off, right? It's almost like a, yeah, I'm, I want to say it's almost like a form of PTSD. I don't like to use that word a lot or that those words that acronym a lot but i think it almost is where you don't know what's gonna well, yeah, set I mean, you it, off it is post-traumatic stress yeah. disorder. like you you are sitting there going you've had a traumatic event and your body is trying yeah. to figure out what to do with this memory and what to do with this pain and and it's trying to resolve a lot of but, things but i think like initially you need to almost eternalize it to f get your thoughts right so you can speak the right way. So I think from like that perspective, I think that that does come with time that you, you are able to start pausing before you press play. That's how I would say, you know, like I got to press pause before I just decide to have this conversation out. Um, I think initially, and this is, I think would be my encouragement and why we talk about, being able to share without sharing everything is yeah. there's just a period of time where you may not have the words or you may have too many words mm -hmm. and you're not sure how to navigate that in a healthy way where you guys are not continuing to wound each other. Right. Cause the wounds are already there, but the, the hope and desire is that you guys aren't continually wounding one another. And that's what I'm saying. Like what good comes of it. Right. And right. I, I don't know. So, let, I don't, so let me finish this, oh. this little thought because this is what I would recommend in that situation. I, I think a woman at that point or a man, if you are the person who's also been betrayed, that at that point you are able to have a couple of phrases that your spouse and that you guys have determined even beforehand mm -hmm. that you can just say a phrase like, I'm struggling or I, you know this is not good or, you know, something like that where you just, your spouse knows like I'm, I'm struggling right now without feeling like you have to share all the reasons why you're struggling. And then you can communicate with your spouse how they can enter into that space with you. 
And I think having a phrase or having an action that your spouse knows this is going to be helpful when I am in a space where I can't think very clearly and I'm really in a lot of pain. It not only equips your spouse to feel like I'm actually being helpful here. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually able to come alongside you. Um, I can support you. Right. And, and you're not going to be feeling like, okay, now I'm in the shame spiral again. And sometimes it's as simple as figuring out, do you need to be hugged in that moment? Like, is it a matter of just your spouse coming in and wrapping their arms around mm-hmm. you and telling you it's going to be okay and we're going to be okay and and we're in it. We're in our marriage and I'm in our marriage and I'm not going anywhere, right? Is it that assurance and that physical touch? And then for some people knowing that that's actually not helpful. Yeah. And so you need to figure out, is it going to be like, hey, I'm struggling. I'm just going to need 10 minutes to go and be by myself or I need to go on a walk or you know, you have to take the time to process some of these things before you're in the complete reactionary state and then give your spouse the opportunity opportunity to know what it would look like to be able to come alongside you in support in those moments. Mm-hmm. And the more that you guys begin to do that, the more training that you guys really navigate through when it comes to having those really difficult moments when the brain is reacting and the body is responding in ways that you really don't like. Yeah. Then that's when you can get to more of that side of things of, okay, now, now I can press pause and reflect and know when I'm going to say something. Cause I just think there's a period of time where your body's just in, in a little bit in, in chaos really. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That was my thoughts. So let me ask you this as, you know, because we always have these conversations for the first time really on the podcast. Do you feel like there was a point that you felt our communication was shut down because you felt like I was in such a reactionary phase? Or do you feel like there was something that I did that helped us to be able to communicate through some of those things? No, I don't. So I don't think our communication, I don't ever feel like our communication was shut down, Mm -hmm. but I feel like for, I don't know how long, you know, for a minute or whatever (laughs) that, that uh, our communication was fake. Okay. Where, I was never going to ask you anything deeper than, you know, how were the kids today? Right. You know, you know, just what's for dinner? What, you know, what are we going to do this weekend? Like I would never go any deeper than that because I, I didn't, I honestly didn't want to. Yeah. Like that was it. It wasn't even that you had ever snapped back at me, which I'm sure you did. I, I don't remember, you know, instances like that or anything but it was just i didn't want to go there you know i think it's different with some men it's different where i just wanted to move forward you know and i and I, i didn't know how to do that i mean like we say you know we laugh and joke about it but we didn't seek any professional help or semi-professional or anything you know it was just it was just us you know, winging it. And so I just really, I don't feel like I ever shut down communication, but I feel like it was very shallow communication for 
a season for a season yeah for as you know and i don't i don't want to give it a time frame because i think that there was definitely a time where i was <clears throat> i felt like i was walking around in eggshells and you know if i looked at something wrong or or didn't or would just sit there and was quiet or you know whatever that there was always like suspicion immediately mm -hmm. you know so yeah. so for me it was really just just yeah shallow communication <laughs> except when we would go on dates and then we would have deep conversations that would never end up well in the beginning yeah. <laughs> and i think that like even even with you saying is there anything you did that helped you know our communication I mean, if you did i didn't know it because i didn't want to open that box because of stuff that we had had before mm -hmm. like i didn't want to i didn't well it's okay it's not even that i didn't want to i didn't need to be reminded what happened i didn't need to be reminded what i did i didn't need to be reminded you know how much i betrayed you like i didn't need those things i already knew it yeah like i don't need it again that's, that's such a good point to just touch on really quick because i think that that's something for someone who has you know been hurt in some way shape or form in your marriage so often we think like well if i always remind you of this then somehow it's going to make me more safe because it'll be at the forefront of your mind and then you won't do this thing again but also that's just a twisted backwards way of thinking because do you want the marriage because if you want the marriage, you, you want whatever's going to be. You don't want the marriage you had, right? It broke. So I want a great marriage. I'm choosing to be with this woman or this man, right? Like we're choosing to stay together. We're choosing to, to fight through this. But then as that betrayed person, you're like, well, I'm never going to let them forget this. Well, then you're stagnant. Like you're not yeah. moving forward. Both of you aren't healing. Yeah, you're you're stopping yourself from healing because you're like, I'm going to make him suffer. And then every time you make him suffer, it stops him. Well, it's from funny healing because I her. think uh, for someone, it's not even always that I want to make someone suffer. I don't I don't always think it comes from that place. I think for someone who's who's really been hurt in a marriage, there's that desire for safety is so intense. Right. And you, you want to and are willing to do about anything in order to feel that security and safety. And so it is, it is twisted, but there's this, this thing that happens within you that you feel like if I don't, if I don't bring it up, if I don't pay attention to it, if I don't hmm. say the things that somehow it will be forgotten and then that makes me feel unsafe, even though when you are always bringing it up, you actually keep yourselves, both of you, in in that constant state of shame and that constant yeah. state of you know it, it it has the opposite impact that you want mm -hmm. it to, but it's this weird instinct within you that says, okay, well, oh no, it's almost like, well, did you forget? Did you forget that this happened? And like you're acting like it's a normal day today, and so then, or here's the other side of it: you seem like you're having a bad day. And so then does that mean that everything is imploding in my life? These are the yeah, thoughts but, that go through your yes, head. Yes, but that's not bringing it up, right? So, like, I, I don't, I mean, of course I don't understand it fully, right? Like, I, I can't. But I just, if you want to move forward, 
like you you think and i know i know you're hurting right but you think that your spouse forgot like that's impossible that's impossible i i don't care how they act or who they are there's no way that they forgot this huge event that happened there's no way there's when they wake up in the morning and look at themselves in the mirror they remember exactly what happened when they have to go to work or when you see your family disappointed or your wife's mad like they know exactly what happened like it's never like i don't forget I, i've never forgotten every single day of my life never forgotten it ever like that's the curse right that's the human curse Right, like I asked for forgiveness, God threw it out. You know, it says in the Bible, right? It's as far as the east is from the west, like it's done, it's gone, right? But, <clears throat> but it's not with me. I still live it. Like I still have to. I still have those memories from back then. I still have those. You know, I've talked about all this stuff. Like I, there's a, there's not a day that goes by that I don't remember what happened, and it's not that I'm sitting there dwelling on it. I mean, our whole ministry is around <laughs> broken marriages. So for sure, there's not a day that goes on that I don't remember what I did, right? I mean, it's it's clear, right? I don't walk around in defeat because I'm not defeated. but And I don't walk around like shaming myself or carrying a heavy burden or anything like that. It's nothing like that. But no, there's absolutely like, there's facts. Yeah. Right? These this this is the facts. This is what happened. I will never forget it. Ever. Like even if I even if my life didn't dramatically, radically change, I still would not have forgotten it. Like no matter which path this happens, right? Marriage saved, marriage not saved, person chasing after God, person just totally running away from God the whole time. Like you know, making these decisions. At no point during that whole thing. Would you ever forget what happened? Right? Yeah. You just I mean, you don't tell. Them. I think no matter what we can understand this because the reality is is we we don't need reminders of our failures to remember our failures. Oh. You know, those are the things that as human beings we remember the most. It those are the the easy things to 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 see in ourselves. You Absolutely. Know? It's just what you do in your failure that determines you know, the basically direction the direction that the rest of your life yeah, of, of you know, what you're going to do in that failure. But what I'm like, you know, bringing it back to the spouse that's always wanting to remind the other spouse that you did this, this happened. If you want your marriage to heal, then you have to stop doing that. Like you really do. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying any of this is easy. Yeah. And I get it. I'm not a woman. Not not on that side. So, like all the people listening right now that are just like, "Are you kidding me? What is he saying?" Like he doesn't know. I I hundred percent understand what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm what I'm saying is, do you want to live there the rest of your life? Right. Because if you want to live there the rest of your life, keep doing easy it. to do. Keep doing it. Yeah. Keep doing it, and and you're gonna end up as roommates, and. It's not gonna be like the marriage that you've always dreamt of. It's it's just not because 
you're you're not you're allowing one spouse not to have a good day or not to just live like they should right just just living with you you're not going to allow that to happen because you got hurt and so essentially i feel what it is is it's it's just human nature right i want i got hurt so i'm gonna make them hurt right i mean this is happened since yeah or even on that i got hurt and in my pursuit of just trying to heal i continue to sit in that pain for so long and even inadvertently we have the pain and shame cycle that just works in sync with each other so well and Mm -hmm. and so no matter what even if the intention is not to hurt your spouse any further when we sit in that for longer than we should when we constantly Mm -hmm. feel the need to just brain dump every single piece of hurt and pain that we're going through we we inadvertently can continue to just keep ourselves in cycles that we don't ultimately want to be and we don't actually want to do for our spouse either you know i think what i see so often is there's a lot of unintentional hurt that's happening in in those places it's not because someone is uh, like I've seen the the side of things like you were talking about where it's like I, I hurt and now you're going to hurt. Mm. Right. And I've seen that. We've both seen that so much, you know, where you can just see someone is like now, like I'm going down and I'm going to take you down with me. Mm-hmm. Right. But then a lot of times what I see is really, truly someone who who ultimately is looking for that opportunity to move forward and just feel so stuck in the pain that they continue to take hold of their spouse's hand and pull them down in that pit with them over and over. And I think our goal is always that if we can get a spouse to recognize one of you, it's best if one of you can help pull the other one out of the pit, Mm -hmm. right? Like that would be the goal, you know, that helps both of you. It's not that you're not going to have bad days and it's not that real life doesn't exist because it does. And so no matter what, when you guys are navigating through healing, there's going to come a time when w- one spouse comes home and they're just like, oh, no, I they've had a bad day and they are acting despondent mm-hmm. or they're seeming disconnected or they don't seem to be communicating the same way. And it can be triggering for the other spouse. Mm-hmm. That's life. That's and even if you don't have, a, a you know. Yeah, big, this, big traumatic this horrible thing. thing that you've gone through. That's just life in general. Yeah, I think that if you're going through this, one big thing you need to understand too is if you want your husband to communicate. Because I, I mean, let's be real, right? Not, it's probably leans higher towards the husband, you know, committing this this breach of trust, right? Committing adultery or whatever it is, right? It's usually that. It's not always, but it's usually that right so if you want your husband to communicate with you then you need to also set up like definitions basically where your husband might just say like i'm struggling right and then that's gonna just send you over this edge because you're gonna think of the most horrible things that are happening which no one blames you no one blames you for that. But also, because that's happening, a lot of times your husband doesn't want to even tell you anything because he doesn't want to bring you there. 
Yeah. You know, and so being able to say like, you know, I am having a bad day or it was a rough day at work or, or I am struggling. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then if it does mean like this whole detoxing where you are legitimately like struggling with letting go of things, that's not something that I feel your spouse should be having to handle because then, you know, it's, well, I mean, it's we had not, this conversation just yesterday with a couple because then what you do is you you begin to have to take ownership over someone else's failures and successes, yeah. and that's not healthy, mm-hmm. and it's not sustainable. No, and so you know, knowing that you know you do have to take ownership of your own actions, and it it comes down to yeah. in in that place in detox, but also in what you say and how you say it. Absolutely. Like, there's a level of ownership and. You know, the reality is, is, you know, how many times have we all heard this saying, like, if you want something different, you got to do something different, right? Mm-hmm. Or the definition of crazy is doing the, the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. Like, yeah. we have to change out of our habits. And I think, you know, this aspect of how we speak and what we speak and and how we choose to navigate conversations has such a huge distinct impact on the direction our marriage is going. And so it's so important. And I mean, I'm, I'm telling you like, yes, these conversations and how they play out it, it, it's so nuanced, right. Mm -hmm. With different people. But then there's also this side of it where how many women just are trying to figure out how to trust themselves again. Yeah. And I think even with conversation, there's, and I hate to say just women because this is men and women who are on a, a betrayed side. They're trying to figure out what it looks like to have healthy communication again and not to just give in to triggers yeah. and how to trust themselves again because they feel stupid. And the enemy uses that. The enemy uses yeah. this idea of like a, a, someone feeling like, why didn't I see that? Or why didn't mm. I stop it? Or why why is it that I could see things in other people and I couldn't see it in my own marriage? And why didn't I you know, expect that from my spouse or, you know, and so it's learning to trust yourself again in this whole process and, and not allowing the enemy to just speak lies over your life. Because I think that's going to help navigate the conversations in the direction you want to go to is when you don't allow those lies to be planted within yourself and speak out of those things. And that goes for anything. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it folks. (laughs) (laughs) that's all we got no i just i think that um you know we talked about this yesterday too a lot of people beat themselves up because they didn't see you know whatever it was coming they didn't and and they and just like you said like you can see it if you're standing on the outside looking at someone else's marriage looking at someone else's life you can see these warning signs right and i mean i'm sure anyone that's listening right now can like someone's popping in your head yeah totally like oh yeah that marriage oh that marriage that marriage i think the hard thing to understand is that the closer you are to someone you would think you would find things out faster because you're so close to them, right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with this person. You think you can see it all, so all the time. I'm, you know, we're we're married. Clearly, I'll see it before anyone else. But 
in all reality, it's not that case, really, because because you you are so close to them. Yeah, because it's harder to see it. It's harder to see those things. You're so close to them, and and one, you never expect anything like that. Nor should you Nor, have to expect. You it. shouldn't have to. Absolutely, that I, you know, of course. Yeah, but it's you're just too close to it. And look, think of your life right now. I can think of multiple examples where, you know, as I've been growing through all this, where, um. I've been close to situation and I've literally told myself or like removed myself from it not to avoid it. Even though like sometimes I feel like I want to avoid things (laughs) not to avoid it, but I remove myself from it because I'm like, I need a wider picture of what's going on so I can make a better decision. Yeah. And then, so I could really see like, is it me that's skewing things or is it really not, you know, so the closer you are to a situation or a person, you're going to notice things. So it's kind of like a double edged sword, right? So I always go back to that, the piano player um, analogy and I should probably look the story up so I could actually name names. Yeah. Right. But this famous, I've, I've talked about it on a previous episode for sure, but this famous piano player, um, I read the story where he, he traveled the world and he always had his piano travel with him, right? Like this is big time, right? He's not just some <laughs> normal dude. And uh, he practices every single day, every single day. I actually have a name for you. Okay. Every single day in and out, in and out, just practice, practice, practice. And someone asked him like, you're the best. You're the absolute best in the world. People are just, you know, like you're selling out right? Concerts. Like, what what are you doing? You don't need to practice every day. And he said, no, I do. If I don't practice, you know, I can't remember fully. Let's say I don't practice one to two days. Yeah. It says miss one day of practice. I notice. Yes. Miss two, the critics notice. Miss three, the audience notices. Yeah. And so I've always kind of put my own little spin on that story because miss one i notice right and i i do i actually have talked about this specifically with my time with god yeah right absolutely miss one i noticed two my family the the people closest to me wife and kids yeah they'll start noticing that there's something different about me not that i'm drastically like changing right but there's just maybe i'm more snappy or less patient or whatever it is but they start noticing something and then the longer that goes the more people the more that ripple effect goes out from your circle absolutely right and it just keeps going and going and going until you're somebody else yeah and so i just i think it's the same way in this where you're so close to what's going on with your spouse that your day-to-day is normal there's no missteps. There's no things. And you're not looking for bad. Yeah. Right? You're yeah. you're not even necessarily looking for good. You're yeah. just, so it's, you know, it's kind of stuff I do at, at my other job. That's <laughs> <laughs> stuff I do at my other job when I'm evaluating different things. I know what's right. So when something's wrong, it's, it's the red flag pops up immediately. So I'm not looking for every right thing. Right. But in that instance, I am looking for wrong. Right. Yeah. In a, in a relationship, in a marriage relationship, 
I'm not coming home looking for wrong from you. And you shouldn't be, like in your marriage. No, even prior to anything that happened, like I'm not trying to find any faults, right, at all. And I'm not necessarily trying to find good because our life's good, right? Like we have a good marriage. Like, you know, this... I look at it differently now, but this is what I'm getting at is yeah. that the closer you are, you're not going to necessarily see those wrong things pop up because you're not looking for them. Yeah. And then also, if it is something where your spouse is hiding things, you know, that it's one day, <laughs> yeah, they're hiding it. And then also like the further along that gets, it's kind of like what this whole piano thing is. The further along it gets, the more glaring it becomes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I don't, I, like, I hate putting time frames on things, so I never do that. So I can't give you a time frame. But I'm just saying, like, you know, when when Lisa found out of everything I was doing, I had been hiding that for so long that, you know, it's what God, the truth will always come out. Yeah. Right. The truth's always going to come out. It's like at that point you just pull one string and then it all, it becomes all unraveled. falls out. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you're recovering from this and you're trying to rebuild your relationship. It's such a horrible place to be in if you're looking for wrong. Yeah. Right. And it, I guess it's a hard place to not be in Yeah. because you're trying to build you're building safety. You feel unsafe, not not physically unsafe, but like emotionally, emotionally unsafe, like unstable. Like our marriage isn't stable anymore. Who knows what's going to happen? Do I need to go get yeah. a job? Do I have a job? Do I don't? Like what? You know, and what's that is, next? I think one of the more difficult side of things is feeling like you have to change the way that you naturally look at your spouse. You know. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to go into thinking I'm supposed to now become like a. a private investigator and feel like I'm looking for signs mm. constantly. And there is a, a period that you're going through that for sure. Uh, but getting out of that is important too. Yeah. you know, where you begin to develop the, <laughs> those safeguards and, you know, ultimately, like, like we always say, it's Jesus that that mm. really, truly, the more that you pursue Christ individually, the more you get to see that genuine transformation. And so that's our biggest encouragement. But definitely, just to kind of give a note of encouragement to you, I think one thing that really does help in this area is to even speak life over yourself. Mm. And I think... Many times, you know, we do fight the battles in our minds so much and we're trying to figure out when, what we should say, how we should say it and all the, all of that, right. And figuring out what's a lie and what's the truth. And I, I think it's so powerful to, to say those things out loud, even to yourself, like, okay, you're by yourself, get mm-hmm. in front of the mirror and verbally say the things out loud, affirm yourself, remind yourself of God's truth, but also sometimes just saying what is in your head out loud helps you to see like, is this truth? Is this what I need to focus on? And I think it was really powerful what you mentioned in our coaching call about that too. Do you remember what you had said about the, the enemy and about Christ with that as well? Yeah. I mean, we just, we had, I think we had learned that at church, right? We've heard it in a lot of different places. Well, I don't know about you. For me, though, I've only heard it once. And so I think it was from one of our, like the church we go to, I think it was from one of the sermons. But 
I mean, well, I haven't, I know God's omniscient. Like I haven't heard that once. That wasn't an epiphany that, yeah. that happened. He's all you know, knowing. Yeah. He's all knowing. He's omniscient. Like he, he knows everything and I'm not going to get into like the free will side of it, even though some people might be like, well, okay, well, how does he know that? But what the point of that message, that piece of that message was, is God's all knowing. He knows our heart. He knows our minds, right? Like he can, you can pray without speaking. Yeah. He knows what you're praying. You know, he, you don't have to verbally do anything, but <clears throat> Satan, right. And all his like crew, they're not omniscient. They, they aren't like, yeah. yes, they're, you know, and, and you know, fallen angels, right. They have, a, you know, they're, they're not human yeah. clearly, but they're not omniscient. Only God's omniscient, right? So he can't, the, the enemy, you know, they can't read your thoughts or your heart. They don't know any of that stuff. And so what it, what they were getting at was to, and it talks about this in Revelation, is to just speak these words out loud. And it was, it was actually referring to scripture, mm. to actually read these out loud, you know, and the power that that comes, that comes with that. And so even when you're sitting there struggling and you're believing these lies and listen, I'm in this boat. Like I, I, I think this is a daily thing with me, you know, with my whole like insecurities and confidence and all these things that I struggle with. You start believing these lies and you have to I now understand that I need to actually pray out loud against these things, not just mentally or internalize it, right? I'm not saying that God can't answer yeah. prayers by internalizing it. But I will say this, some of the most powerful things that I've had to go through spiritually and physically that I've been praying about, those prayers were said out loud mm. and not in front of people like i'm not you know you know how i pray when i'm in front of people it sounds ridiculous oh it does i not. think it sounds ridiculous <laughs> but anyway so, so. <laughs> what i'm getting at though is those were prayed out loud they were like these pleas to god but they were out loud absolutely and what's interesting to me there. on that is they were being known mm. now right they were not just in my mind, they were coming out and being known. Yeah. And so everyone's hearing that, you know, and it is, it is against evil. It's for good. It's, you know, all these things or it's lies you believe about yourself. And so like Lisa's saying, you know, you, you need to speak truth to yourself. Yes. But also speak against those lies just through Absolutely. prayer. Absolutely. And, memorize scripture you know we talk about this all the time you know i i've never really delved into this but i believe fully that when you know jesus was fasting for 40 days and off on his own before his ministry started and that's when he got tempted by by satan and it's you know there's the story in the bible about it all i don't think that it was just him you know by himself internalizing this dialogue i feel it was like we're having a conversation right yeah. like he's here yeah tempting me and i'm here and we're talking yeah and what did jesus do during that whole thing he quoted scripture 
Yeah. He quoted scripture over and over and over again and spoke against the lies that were told to him. You know, yeah. and if it's if that's good enough for for Jesus to do, that's then good enough for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that you should be doing the same thing. Well, and it's it is so interesting because Satan knows scripture. Yeah. And and so it's knowing like and you know that's why it's so important that you read the Bible and in full context and you don't just cherry pick and do all that stuff. Absolutely. Because yeah. you need to know truth. And so yeah, the, there is this aspect of saying it out loud and and letting the enemy know this is the ground yeah. I stand on. This is the mm. truth of who I am. This is the armor that I have on. This is who I serve. Yeah. You know, there's such great authority there when we we take those things and take them out of our mind and we verbally say them out loud and and it's affirming to what God is doing mm. in your life and the promises that he has for you and you know, this is how you begin to train the way that you think. And when you train the way that you think, you train the way that you speak. And when you train the way that you speak, you start moving in the direction you really want to go. I mean, that's the reality. And it becomes second nature. It's all intentional, but it just becomes second nature. Like, this is what I do. This is who I this am is, now. This is this who, is who I, am. I am. This right. is what I do. No, it's it's memorizing scripture, doing all those things. Or if, even if you can't memorize scripture, just open the Bible up and start you know, getting into it, but it's so, well, I, I so feel like important. anybody can memorize. Scripture. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's an app for that guys. Just FYI. Like there, yeah. there is an app for everything and, and you can, you can do mm -hmm. it. Like if you can memorize the movie line, if you can, you can remember the joke, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you can memorize scripture. And I think we put our obstacles in our own minds mm -hmm. saying that, Oh, that's too difficult. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, we're talking about, <laughs> If you look at how things operated in the Bible, like mm. here the tradition was that kids, the Jewish children, were memorizing the entire Torah by the yeah. time they were 13. I yeah. mean, my goodness. Like, no. we're capable, guys. And then getting back to what you were saying earlier, you have to – you don't have to be a theologian or an apologist, right? But I would encourage you to get towards that route because – if you're not in the word like you should be, then you're going to believe a portion of what sounds like scripture. Uh, yes. Or yes. you're going to believe, I mean, there's things I read sometimes and I'm, cause I'm like, oh, all right, well, let me, that seems good, but there's something off. And then I kind of dig into it and I'm like, oh yeah, on the surface, this is great. But if you read this, this is not. This is not God. This is yeah. not what Jesus wants us to do. You know, and or if you, it's kind of, so I heard this song today. It was, it's called uh, uh, Walk Talk, right? It was kind of like, instead of uh, the other way around, what, what's the, just, what's the saying? Don't just, uh, don't just talk the talk, walk, walk the, the walk, walk right? There was a play on that because it was like your walk should do your talking as well. And it's Boom. talking about your walk <laughs> with God, right? It's true. Yeah. But if you are even surrounding yourself with Christians and you hear somebody and, and if you're in the word and and you're talking to another person that's, follow, you know, another Jesus believer, follower, right? And they say something and they're like, well, you know, it doesn't say in the Bible this. It doesn't say in the Bible that. If you're not in your word, then you're then you're like, oh yeah, you're mm, probably right. Yeah. It doesn't, 
You know, but if you're in your word, you could either agree with them because you're like, yeah, absolutely, you're right. It doesn't say that in the Bible. Yeah. Or you can look at them like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what Bible are you reading? Because in the Bible I have, and I can go here and show you. You know, but that's just how important it is to to fight all of this. You you have to fight the lies that you hear, that you feel, that you think yeah. are happening. You have to fight that with truth. You have to, you know, you want better communication? Like learning this, following after Jesus, like it does take work, but then you start communicating better because everything you do is out of love. Everything you do is out of love. And so then you start communicating better. And with that communication, you might start omitting all your thoughts because <laughs> you don't need to tell them Knowing every single thing. Yeah. You can tell them some of the things. You can say, yes, I am having a bad day. And yeah, the issue is I'm still healing, but I'm not going to go down that hole and, and list, you know, give you the list of things that I'm struggling with. Yeah. You know, you just need the 30,000 foot view. This is what's going on. And vice versa, if you're the spouse that doesn't want to share anything, you need to share some because yeah. that builds the intimacy back up on all levels. But it, it starts rebuilding heal. that trust and <laughs> helps you heal. And then going all the way back to the beginning before we get off, where Lisa was confusing me on which highway she was on. <laughs> If Here's you, the reality, baby. I was on the same highway. Yeah. Just if you thoughts. don't want to share your story and you don't feel that it's time to share it, that's fine. And you can empathize with someone that's going through something and you don't have to fully divulge anything that's going on in your life. You could just say, I've been there or I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like to struggle and all these things and see where it goes from there. But on that, like you, I do feel like you do have an obligation to help people, period. Especially if you call yourself a Christ follower. Like you do. And, but you might not just be in the healthiest place to fully dive in head first. Yeah. And so just being able to give a little bit of hope or understanding or just being there for that person is great. But then as you, as you grow and you're growing out of this and you're getting healthier and healthier, I 100% believe you have an obligation to share that. Because all you're doing is bragging on God. Yeah, well, you're you bragging on God, God, period. That's so good. That's yeah. all you're doing. And so you do have an obligation to share that miracle, 100%. Just like our daughter went through a lot of miracles, I, I, I share it all the time yeah. because I just think it's so powerful. And it's not bragging on, oh, look at my daughter, look at my daughter. No, it's like, look what God did. Right. You know, like our story, look what God did. Like it's not, not anything we did. Yeah. So you do have an, I, I, I fully believe you have an obligation to, to do that. I, I agree. So challenge for this week, uh, know what not to say. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I mean, I know that that sounds funny, but I would just say to hone that in like really to, to start thinking about what it, what it looks like to know when to speak and when not to mm -hmm. speak. And knowing when to share your story and when not to, to share your story and what you need to say out loud versus mm -hmm. what needs to happen internally. Those are huge, huge facets of communication and yeah. healing. So there you have it. That's a lot of challenges. We'll see you next week. 
Hey guys, I'm Brad. I'm Lisa. And welcome to Unrelated to Pursuit. We just want to invite you guys into real unedited conversations about real life topics that affect your marriage. Yeah, guys, we are passionate about training and equipping marriages to succeed through God. 